Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. Always awesome to have you here with us, and of course, it's great to be with each and every one of you. My name is Nicole DeVincentis, aka FigureChick911. Today, we've got a great, great, great session for you. We're going to continue up on our muscular development series here, but we're going to be talking more specifically about plateau busting. A lot of people come forth, people who are serious about their training, you've got the intensity, you know that you have to push the limits, and you've reached that frustrating plateau that no matter what you seem to do, whether this is straight, like functional athleticism and or your aesthetics, you've hit that ceiling and no matter what you do, you can't seem to break. It's not even glass ceiling. It feels like it's concrete above you. And even like Super Mario Brothers cannot jump high and punch hard enough to bust that like giant concrete plateau that's above you. So welcome, just kind of like, you know, get yourself comfy here. Maybe you're up on even on a treadmill. This is going to be awesome sauce for you. In fact, what you should know is that we actually have a bunch of series of podcasts that we call Learn While You Burn. And you will actually have a higher rate of retention when you listen to our training podcast while you're walking, okay, not an all-out sprint on the treadmill, but when you're doing some sort of a cardio event. So usually, like for you people, if you're going to be listening to this while you're on a treadmill or if you're on the elliptical or even the bike, is uh, what we recommend is that a, a incline no greater than three and a speed for you anywhere from like 2.7 to usually a max of 3.5 any more than that you're just not able to retain information so welcome to join us up on that if you'd like to do that but let's get straight into today's content and you're just going to love this one so we're talking plateau busting specifically why are you not making the gains that you're looking for so what we're going to do today we're going to do a quick little review make sure that everybody's on the same playing field here one quick review when we talk about your gains about busting plateaus we are a muscular development training academy that's that's what we tag ourselves to be and for muscular development there is a bodybuilding component to this because you're building your muscles but for all clarity's sake, muscular development is an umbrella term that we denote like covering all aesthetic and athletic goals. Whether this is strength, this is muscle acquisition, this is speed, agility, explosivity, flexibility, mobility, all of this stuff. Okay. And there are three pillars to muscular development. One is training, obviously. Two is your nutrition. And three is your recovery program. All three of those have to be in place, have to be regularly implemented, and have to be optimized for you to continually make progress and make your gains. Hands down, no questions asked, 100% true, like all of the time, whenever you reach a plateau, the very first place that you look is nutrition. I'm going to repeat that again, okay? When you hit a plateau, and this is you as the athlete or you as a coach or trainer, when somebody hits a plateau, when you hit a plateau, the very first place that you look is nutrition. I guarantee you, you're going to find holes in there. 
And what we're going to do today is we're going to dovetail that nutrition in with your recovery program and you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. Now, nutrition is, of course, what you eat and drink. Usually, when an athlete hits a plateau, it can be they just don't have enough energy. All right, so then we look to things like your calories. We look to see, you know, what are your macros like? What are your micros like? We're, we're doing a whole little breakdown here. The other aspect of this has to do with your hydration status. So most people are usually under-hydrated. If you live in a hot climate, of course, you sweat a lot more usually, um, or if you're in the air conditioning, like the, the air usually tends to be kind of dry. Same thing um, if you live in a cold climate or a cl climate that gets colder and now you have the heat on, like just the ambient, like air in and of itself can be very drying to you. If you speak for a living, if you're in sales, if you're a communicator of somehow, you're in education or you're leading, managing groups of people, you're in customer client services, you actually lose water in your breath vapor. If, um, if you're sick, if you, you know, any type of a cold or an illness, like your body is actually burning water in that capacity. But if you have anything like vomiting, diarrhea, like those are things that we call like insensible water loss. But once you start bringing in things like training, um, what will happen is that your body is always using water. Every reaction inside of your body actually takes place in the presence of water. And so once you start training, your body goes through a a recovery period after your training period has stopped to clear out all the waste products and then start rebuilding. Especially if you're doing some version of strength or resistance training, what you're doing is you're creating little micro tears in the muscle fibers themselves. And so then the body goes into high action to repair it. And that's why your muscles get bigger and they get actually stronger and more dense because of that micro tear. It's like, and then they go in there, it's like little road construction. They go and they clear out all the debris your body does and they build back like honest to God, like stronger and, and more dense. Well, it takes a lot of water to do that. If you're sweating a lot, you know, from working out, working outside or whatever, like there's all these different places that your body actually loses water. And if you are not aggressively hydrating and everybody knows like, yeah, I should probably be, you know, drinking more water. If you're thirsty, that's like one of the last signals that your body has that you are behind on your water intake. So unless you're aggressively hydrating throughout the course of the day, and when you coach and train with me, one of the instructions that we have, and just for the record here, I don't coach and train with people who are on quote unquote water restrictions because of advanced like heart issues. If that applies to you, please, you know, hang tight with your healthcare provider and follow their direction. This is for individuals who are, you know, able to exercise and, and eat and drink stuff. So just note that. But what I always recommend is that my athletes, when you get up to pee in the middle of the night, which most of them do because they drink water before, like they're drinking water like one of my, my clients says, I'm drinking water like it's my job. You have to throughout the whole entire course of the day that when you get up in the middle of the night to pee, you actually then drink back um, the amount of water that you think that you probably peed out.
no, you don't have to measure it, but you can just, you know, kind of, you know, guesstimate, you know, how much. So then that way, when you wake up in the morning for real, you are well hydrated and you're not like too far behind the eight ball. Okay. So now what does that have to do with hitting a plateau? Well, if your body does not have enough water, there's going to be a, let's talk a little bit about physiology here. And many times we're going to do, this is called the sidestep. Okay. So I know you just want the meat and potatoes. Like tell me how much water I need to drink, but each body is unique. So what I'm going to challenge you to do now is to actually become a student and learn some information that I'll unpack for you and help you to like easily digest if you will here, but you have to be able to also triage your position. And if this, you know, you don't want any participation in this, then, you know, fast forward and, you know, maybe later part of the podcast, but I like all my people to know what the heck is going on because I'm not always with all of my athletes. I'm very much, I love to empower my athletes and then my coaches and trainers to know what to do when I'm not there. Why? Because you go on vacation, because life happens and I don't want you sitting there wondering what in the heck you should probably be doing. You have to be able to navigate this out because then usually what you're doing is you're impressing those principles into your family or into your workplace. And like, that's how it's like community service, if you would. So you have to know how to handle each and every situation. So when it regards, when it comes to your own like hydration status, but let's get into a little bit of kind of like a geeky science here. Let's talk a little bit about anatomy and physiology. So you understand the importance of this whole hydration thing. And when I'm speaking hydration, I'm not talking about, I'm talking free water. I'm not talking about all kinds of add-in products, you know, that are like volume boosters and all of this other, I'm just, I'm talking about water. Okay. <laughs> so when it comes to hydration status, and then what I'm going to do, I'm going to teach you this, and then we're going to talk about what this means for gains and busting plateaus. Your body houses water basically in three places, okay? Like all over your whole entire body. The first place I think that most of us really know that we house water or a liquid is actually inside of our blood vessels, okay? Where our blood is. Blood is made of particles and it's made of water, Okay. And that's what actually houses your blood pressure. Okay. Blood pressure is essential for you to be awake. It's essential for the delivery of nutrients and oxygen, like all over your whole entire body, which obviously then means if you have that, then you can, you know, work out. Okay. So that's the one place inside of your blood vessels. Now you also have water housed in each of your cells. So cells think like way back to like whenever you took like high school biology, cells are living, breathing things or like little tiny cities and like just picture like little blobs, but they're tiny. And inside you have, you know, little functional parts, but it's water inside of there. So this is called the intracellular space. So, so far we've got blood that's in the blood vessels and we are sorry, water that's in the blood vessels. And then we have water that's inside the cells. Okay. The third place that your body houses water fluid is in between the cells. This is called an interstitial space. So if you have ever had 
Um, sometimes people, after they have Chinese food, it's got a lot of MSG in it. They wake up and they're swollen the next day. Or if you've ever seen people who do not have good circulation for any number of reasons and their ankles or their legs are really, really swollen, um, you'll, that's the water that's hanging out in the space in between the cells, the interstitial space. Many times what you'll see um, in women in certain aspects of pregnancy, like their feet will get swollen. So that's, that's what's happening there. So you've got this water in one of three spaces, if you would. As you're working out, okay, your body is going to require more water. So you're usually drinking more water during that time. And then after the workout is finished, again, your body goes into like this remodeling phase where it's going after the areas where you've caused micro tears and it's repairing them. Or if you know, you've like depleted your body of all this stuff because of the intensity of your training or whatnot. So now your body faces this situation where it says, okay, um, I really, this is your body speaking. I know that you're trying to make gains in the gym, but right now we do not have enough water circulating around in our blood vessels. And if it stays low like this, you're just going to pass out. Like your blood pressure is going to drop too low. You're going to lose consciousness and that will be the end of that. So what your body has is a bunch of different ways, if you will, to make sure that basics are covered. And by basics, I mean like your blood pressure is at a reasonable level to keep your brain having like blood flow to it, you know, to deliver oxygen and nutrients and stuff like that. And then hopefully to your other organs, but specifically also to your kidneys so that they can filter out impurities and you don't have a, a backup of waste products from you, you'd actually die from that. So that's how the body is designed. Like the body is designed just literally to keep you alive. It does not care about your athletic goals. It sure as shit does not give a flying, you know what, about your aesthetic goals. The body is designed to keep you alive. And so it has these backup processes that if the water balance is off, meaning the water balance for just your primary state of existence is off, what it will do is it will start to pull um, water from different places. So it will pull water from in between the cells, the interstitial spaces back into the blood vessels so that your blood pressure remains high enough, if you will, um, to, to what we call perfuse, but to, to keep the oxygen and, and just keep you awake. Okay. And if that doesn't work good enough, like you're seriously like behind the eight ball here, then it's going to start to pull water from the cells. So it has up the, like these backup modalities, if you would, to keep you awake and alive. And if you don't honor them, well, then, you know, you end up like passing out, you feel like crap. So that's really one of the first places, like when people plateau, one of the first questions that we always look to see is like, you know, what's your energy like? Oh, well, actually my energy is not that good. I'm feeling tired all the time. I'm getting all my meals and okay, well, how much water are you drinking? Oh, well, you know, the other day where I got work is busy and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So now we're underhydrated, And so now you've basically zapped your body's water stores and you're expecting it to do these great things. And you're not like 
giving it what it actually needs. So your body is always going to be designed to first and foremost, keep you alive. And then when you have extra, it's going to be able to fuel, if you would, your aesthetic and athletic goals. I understand like it's like, a, it's like a series here. So that's how that is. So that's the first thing about nutrition can just straight be like what the hydration status is when it comes to performance and like just how the body is actually working. Now here's, let's take another step over and let's talk a little bit about something else in your body, which combines both nutrition and it combines recovery. And that's, it's a structure inside of your body. It's this anatomic structure. It's called fascia. I know you've heard me speak about it before, but if this is the first time that you're ever talking about or ever hearing about it, fascia, to keep this very simple for you, is a covering over your muscles. All right. Like, what do you mean? All right. Here's what it looks like. If you've ever made chicken, and maybe you've had the skin on the chicken or you bought boneless skinless chicken breast, but there was kind of like this slimy, clear, not quite like cellophane, but if cellophane could be like clear and slimy, that stuff that's on the chicken, that's fascia. Okay. So your muscles are wrapped around a bone. So like, look at like your leg bone, like the femur. So around that, you've got your quads and you've got your hamstrings. Well, think about all the structures that are in there. Okay. This is going to help you bust your plateau. I do promise you, you have to know what you're dealing with in order to really get the maximum effect of why. Okay. This is why my athletes do not plateau. They understand this stuff. Okay. Cause they always know how to navigate. So I want the same for you. So when you're looking at anatomy, you've got the bone and then you've got blood vessels and you have nerves and you have muscles. All that stuff is around there and your body needs all that stuff. Well, fascia like wraps around it so that it stays on the bone. If you would, that's what gives it kind of like its shape. It, it holds it so you don't look like a blob. Okay. Now fascia is a, what was like, like a connective tissue, if you would, and it's aligned in different ways. Like sometimes it will kind of run kind of like in a cross section as you make a muscle or you increase blood flow into the muscle, the fascia should expand. So depending on how it's laid out, whether it's like, it almost looks like a, a lattice, um, a crust on top of a pie, if you would. So it's a cherry pie. So it can either be, you know, one strand runs horizontal. The other one is like vertical, but kind of like on an angle, those fibers, they run across one another. So they, it allows for expansion of the muscle bellies. Well, guess what? If you're not well hydrated, the fascia is like, it's just, it's not soft or pliable. It's literally like not even kind of, I got, I want to say crunchy, but it's just hard. So anytime you're doing all this stuff to increase, you're increasing blood flow and pump into the muscle belly and you're, the fascia is like holding it tight. You're literally, this could be just because of a simple thing like hydration. You're basically screwing yourself and keeping yourself from realizing those gains because you're not well hydrated enough. The fascia is dry and it's not allowing for expansion of the muscle bellies. 
what I know. Okay. So that's why I say when people hit a plateau, the very first place that you look is always nutrition. Nutrition is definitely, it's what you eat, but it's also what you drink. Okay. So just like if, I don't know, like I picture a piece of like turkey jerky or something like that. It's dehydrated. All right. Before that, it didn't look like that before it was dehydrated, it didn't look like that. It was like nice and supple. So the same thing with these actual <laughs> structures on your body, like the things in your body, like they're living, breathing things and they need to be taken care of. Okay. <laughs> so I know this is like, it causes the people who are walking on the treadmill right now to get off and just like go drink a lot of water. <laughs> And now <laughs> everyone starts drinking a lot of water. Like, oh my God, I know it's those, it's the things that you don't know, that you don't know that totally screw things up for you. But once you know them, at least you know what you're dealing with now and you can make the proper correction. Okay. So the good thing about all that stuff is that once you start bumping up your water, then it also helps to keep the muscles nice and smooth and supple. It helps with your joints. Like it, there's just so much goodness. Like your skin looks better. You start feeling better. Your gut is healthier, all this stuff. Now, here's the thing. If you've not been aggressive with your water intake before, nine times out of 10, when you first start drinking that much water, your body doesn't know what to do with it. It's just like, oh, this, it's, I'm not used to having this much water or whatnot. And sometimes you'll just start peeing it out. So this is like consistency. You have to train your body to learn to trust that you are not going to just be a big asshole about this thing. You're going <laughs> to hydrate it and you're going to do this consistently. Okay. Not just for one day, but like for the rest of your life type of a deal. Because once the body understands that you're not effing around and you're going to be doing this all the time, it's going to be like, okay, I, I got this. Okay. This is what we're doing. This is what we do now. Okay, so there won't be any questions asked. Will you still have to pee frequently? Yeah, well, probably. You're going to be flushing out a lot of waste products too. You'll get to know where all the good bathrooms in, you know, like a 25-mile radius of your home are, which is always a benefit. But that's going to be, you know, part of that initial training when it comes to your water. Okay, so there's that. Now, another aspect when it comes to fascia itself that's related to nutrition also has to do with fatty acids that are in your diet. Okay, so now in your diet, you have things like fats, you have carbohydrates, and you have proteins. Okay, all these are required to be, you know, optimized and um, you need them. Like, to be healthy, but to be very functional and strong and get all like the beautiful cuts inside of your muscles and stuff that you absolutely love to have. Like this is just, it's so fun to have all that. But one of the areas that a lot of uh, people sorely neglect has to do with these essential fatty acids. Now for the longest time, depending on how old you are, you will remember that um, probably starting in the 1980s and then definitely through the 90s, there was this whole fat is evil trend. And so they're like everything was made to be fat free. So whether it was protein, like if you're buying ground turkey, um, you can buy, you know, 99% fat free or, you know, fat free, whatever, 
pudding, fat-free ice cream. Like fat was just deemed as like the the holy enemy of all things cardiovascular and the fitness community kind of built up on that. And then all of a sudden there was food that didn't have fat in it. And sadly enough, that got replaced with other things. Um, We won't go down that rabbit hole, but fat is actually something that is required by your body. So when I say fat, I'm not talking about like lard or bacon grease. I'm talking about essential fatty acids, you know, things that you find in olive oil. You'll find this naturally occurring in different meats, of course, but you'll find them in like almonds or walnuts or peanuts, and you'll find it in salmon and avocados and flax. So those types of things. Um, macadamias, you'll find like essential fatty acids. There are certain vitamins, listen up, this is important. There are certain vitamins that cannot get absorbed by your body unless you have fats in your diet. Yeah, I said that. I'm going to say it again. There are certain vitamins, what we call fat-soluble vitamins, they, your body literally cannot absorb unless you have fats in your diet. Okay, those are, there's four of them. It's vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, and vitamin K. All right. A, a lot of times is for your eyes. D has gotten a lot of popularity over the past probably decade as to how vitally important it is for your overall well-being, your, you know, feeling good and healthy, all this stuff. Vitamin E is usually for hair, skin, and nails amongst other things. And then vitamin K actually helps with blood clotting. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, this that's important, you know. You nick yourself when you're shaving. You don't want to bleed out because you don't have enough vitamin K. All right? So those four vitamins, that's one of the reasons why you need fats in your diet. So what also those fats will help you do is it provides, because it has to do um, with like suppleness, of different tissues is if you do not have enough of those fats in your diet, then usually also that fascia will also start to get kind of, I guess, crunchy would be the word. Like you have those nice fatty acids in your diet, then everything stays nice, nice, smooth, supple, and it allows, again, the fascia will allow for expansion so that as the muscle bellies get filled up with blood and you're creating great pumps and all this stuff, allow for expansion of the muscle bellies. Okay. This is why I say whenever you hit a plateau, the very first place that you always look is going to be nutrition. So, so far we talked about two nutritional elements. Number one being hydration. Number two, um, a diet that is completely void or under, um, under filled with, uh, essential fatty acids. So those things, they impact your fascia for sure they impact your overall health and wealth as, as well. Okay. Now here's the other thing. Here's some add-ins when it comes to what you consume. Okay. So when you coach and you train with us, we don't talk about like diet as what you think diet is. Like diet merely like refers to what you eat and drink on a daily basis. So if you're on like 
you know, a fast food diet, then you're on a fast food diet. If alcohol is a regular part of your diet, well, then that's part of your regular diet. Okay. So I do, I do emphasize language precision because I'm not about finger pointing. I'm about, I'm about extreme ownership over your shit. Okay. (laughs) So when you're not getting the results that you want, some things that you experience, they may not be your fault, but they're your problem. And so therefore, it's your responsibility to, under, to like, Houston, we have a problem. Like, identify the source and, like, eradicate it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, grab the bull by the horns, take matters into your own hands, and handle the situation. <laughs> that's, like, that's my mentation with it. But you got to know what you're dealing with here. So, again, back to, you know, what may be impacting your current plateau are going to be, you know, different add-ins that you are consuming. So diet refers to what you're eating and drinking on the daily. Nutrition in my academy has more to do with overall consumption. Okay. And that also, uh, that also includes um, knowledge, you know, the information that you have, beliefs that you have, conversations that you participate in, where you're getting your information from, all that stuff. But any other sort of an add-in, whether there's, these are supplements, whether these are chemicals, and whether these are um, things like alcohols and or sugars. Now, again, put this into place with your life. You know, I'm not like the sugar Nazi here. In fact, I have developed an entire baking line free of seven of the top food allergens. Um, I, I love cookies and I love desserts. So it's not that I'm anti, you know, sugar in that regard. My job is to help you plateau bust and my athletes, they enjoy dessert. Uh, not every day. Um, but we're able to have it without any detriment to our physicality, to our blood, like our lab values when you go to the doctor. Like we don't have any of these problems because we understand what we're working with here. But the one thing about sugar, okay, sugar actually, when you metabolize it, 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 it causes a different um, byproduct, Okay, so you, like when you have chemical reactions inside the body, um, whether your body's breaking things down or sometimes after the body breaks down nutrients, then it, there, it undergoes all these different kind of little chemical reactions to, to like help your body produce hormones or digestive enzymes or whatever, like help boost your immunity or whatever. Like there's all these things that are going on inside of your body without your knowledge until you know that this stuff is going on. But one of the byproducts after eating sugar is something, uh, the little mnemonic for it is A-G-E, which ironically spells age, but it stands for advanced glycation end products. And what it actually does is it causes almost like a hardening um, inside of the body. And so if you don't have really good mobility, or again, if you are not, if you've hit a plateau, and this is usually performance and aesthetics, it's not just because if you have a lot of sugar, then you're going to naturally get fat. Like you want to look deeper than that, like literally deeper than that and say, okay, well, what am I actually putting in my body that my body is not able to bust through this plateau and I am held right here? Well, if you look at it and, you know, 
I'm all about ripping the bandaid off and setting myself up for success. Like I like to position myself to win that if I'm going to put in the time and the freaking sweat equity and, you know, sacrifice and be disciplined about stuff, but I don't have like all of the, I want to control the hemorrhage. Do you know what I'm saying? That if you have a diet, you your daily, what you eat on the regular, your nutritional program, you have a lot of added sugars in there. There's going to be another reason as to why you're not making the gains that you're looking for, maybe even structurally, because it causes like a hardening inside of your body and you're not going to be able to allow the muscle bellies to fully expand. I know, I'm just, you know spitting facts down here. This is why you're here. This is on my podcast. And so this is the beauty of it though. Like some, they say the truth hurts, but I got to tell you, like I'm sick and tired of people just, you know, eat whatever the heck you want to eat. And then everybody ends up being sad and disappointed. And there's so much fakeness out there that I'm really excited about this next upcoming season. This is an aside because it's going to be the true revealer as to who is seriously a professional and who is completely full of you know what. Okay. Sorry if you've been working with people who are not true professionals who really do not know their shit and now you have a bad outcome. But if this is you, welcome to our academy. We'll get you straight on point and get you rocking and rolling where you deserve to be. Okay. All right, so there's that. Um, and then, of course, uh, nutritional-wise, um, consumption-wise, any other chemicals that you're using. Um, I use supplements sparingly with my athletes. Um, in fact, we actually have like a detox period twice a year where I take them off of all their supplements. And when I say supplements, um, for, you know, mostly like my women that I'm coaching, like none of them are on like testosterone or anything like that. They're like on vitamins and shit, like fish oils, vitamin D's, um, some are on probiotics, um, some either business owners, we may have them on digestive enzymes along with their food for a period of time. Um, none of them actually right now take any pre-workouts because everybody's working out in the morning. So they have their morning cup of coffee and they're good to go. But the level of chemical load that you introduce into your body, every for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And you just, you have to be aware of what you're doing to your body. Okay. So just like if everybody's doing it, it doesn't always make it right. So again, supplements are meant to supplement a strong nutritional platform. Okay. I'm going to say that again, supplements, supplement, a strong nutritional platform. They're not to be used in lieu of or maximized when your nutritional program is subpar or you're not, you're just simply not doing it. Okay. Cause it ends up ruining, like it just ends up ruining stuff like your fascia. And again, it causes your energy to tank. Like you need food. Like that's the, that's the, the staple here. <laughs> and again, that's why most people plateau is because they're missing stuff. You may have enough protein in your diet, but 
maybe you've reached a point where you actually do need carbohydrate and you just have not been giving it to it or your micros, you know, your vitamins, your vitamin C, like you don't have enough of it. And now you've taxed your adrenals or you're not eating regularly. You have big gaps of time in between when you have food intake. And just for the record, I have worked in a period of first respondership. I've worked in sales. I've done all the stuff and have found a way to handle my nutrition. So all the stuff, like this is not like me sitting in some ivory tower telling you, well, you might want to like never having done it, like dude and dudettes. I've lived through this stuff. You know, I have figured out how to, you know, commit and shut that back door and make sure that my program is rock solid so that if I was out on a call, I wasn't going to be without my food. Or if I have a sale that I am working to close and it's taking longer to actually close it, or another client walks in or there's another phone call and now I'm at work an extra four hours or whatever the case may be, you're not going to catch me blindsided. Like I'm going to rock this shit. This is how it's going to be. But that's like that extreme ownership inside of you. So I'm never going to tell you something that I either A, haven't done, B, don't currently do, or C, wouldn't do if I were in your current position right now. But nine times out of 10, I've already done that. I maybe just don't need to do it that way anymore. Does that make sense? And that's how I know that this stuff works is because I literally, I've lived it. (laughs) So, So you know what they say? (laughs) F-Y-E. That's that's what I say. I usually write it on my wrist. I don't know if I'll ever get a tattoo of this, but whenever I feel like I, I... I'm starting to get in my feels rather, or I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, nope. Make sure that I'm eating right. And then I write on my wrist, F-Y-E. And I just, I can't help but look down. And when I see it, I'm like, okay, no excuses, Nick. Like hold yourself to the fire here. That's how you do it. That's how I coach myself. Most of my athletes, when they first come with me, um, I never attract the type of client who needs accountability. I just don't. I don't attract the type of client who is not serious about their training. I do have people who just have the wrong information and consequently the wrong habits. So this brings us to our next level of plateau, which still involves nutrition. And that is nutrition is about consumption. And that includes what you read And this is whether this is a scrolling on a feed. This is where you're getting your information from. This can be family tradition. This can be longstanding belief. This is the level of conversations that you have with other people. This also includes conversations that you have with yourself. This is habits. This is all this. This is what you're consuming. Okay. That's what consumption is actually about. And so nine times out of 10, just like you're on this podcast right now, perhaps you just had the wrong information. (laughs) And so you have to have that course to get the course correction that you're looking for. And the bust of the plateau, you simply have to get the right information. And so when I do that, like, just know from me, I'm a straight shooter. I actually come from um, emergency background. I was a charge nurse in an emergency room and it was in the hood. So, you know, I, I, I'm just going to tell you how it is. Okay. <laughs> so, 
And what's so funny is that a lot of times when people coach and train with me, they'll still try to do things their own way. And then when they come back, we have weekly check-ins. Um, they'll tell me that whatever they tried, you know, didn't work. And then I remind them, okay, let's do it this way. And then when they come back the next week and we laugh and they're always like, you know, you told me to do it this way and I didn't. And so it's just like, well, you know, just do what your coach told you to. And then after that, like, you know, it's like two peas in a pod. Then we're like good to go. But sometimes there's just that little bit of breaking in period where, you're learning. You're learning. Can I trust this coach? Can I trust, you know, who is she? Whatever. This is how I've been doing it. It's been working just fine. But also it's not so much that habits are hard to break. It's you have not had the breakthrough yet to cause that course correction for yourself. So if, if that, you know, sounds like it's you, well, then you're in the right place. Coachability is always like the number one uh, hallmark trait that I look for in all of my athletes. And if an individual is not coachable, then um, I don't bring them on as a client of on my roster simply because it's just not going to work for either one of us. So that's how we rock and roll. So, so far, what we've gotten so far is plateaus that are being busted by Number one, looking first and foremost at nutrition, okay, hydration, your essential fatty acids, the extra add-ins, the sugars, um, uh, any other sort of chemicals, um, and that's all through the lens of both energy, structural problems, but then also how it affects the fascia, all right? Now, I said that I would also talk about recovery issues, and this also plays a part in plateau busting. So what will help you understand the importance of recovery is understanding timelines. And what I mean by that is like, all right, time is always moving forward. Okay. We all can agree on this. When you are training, it's almost like Unless you have nothing else in your life and training is literally your whole entire life, you don't work, you have no other responsibilities in your life, you always are running like two separate timelines um, and what it, like, like metabolic timelines. So for example, I train in the morning, a lot of my athletes train in the morning and then go to work. So when you're training in the morning, early in the morning, 5 a.m., sometimes 4 a.m., you have to have energy in order to be able to get an effective training session, okay? What happens is the body fuels forward. And so let's say, you know, you trained, you went to work, you know, you're eating your meals throughout the course of the day, and now you wake up the next morning and you don't have a whole lot of energy in you. Well, usually, you know, you got to eat before you train in the morning, unless you're doing some sort of like fasted cardio thing or whatnot. Um, my athletes eat before they train in the morning. They're all weight training. So that means if they're training at five, they're up at four. So they wake up their nervous system. They've had time to eat, had time for the meal to, you know, digest a little bit. So they're not working with a full stomach and away they go. There are periods that before they go to bed, 
they actually eat and that covers them throughout the course of the night because the body's going to continue to repair itself. But sometimes they'll do what I call backfilling backfilling with carbs. Like they'll always have a protein before they go to sleep. Sometimes they'll combine it with a fat and that keeps them satisfied throughout the course of the night. But sometimes because they're, if they're looking to do muscle acquisition, especially, and they're training in the morning, they'll backfill, meaning they'll actually have carbs like oatmeal with, you know, protein or something like that before they go to sleep. And then that way, and it's not like exhaustive, it's not like carb loading, it's just a little bit extra so that when they wake up in the morning, they're still going to have good reserve. This is awesome strategy. If you like to do heavy leg training, this is going to help you markedly um, because you just, your body needs flipping food. It's a, it's a terrible day and is a terrible week. If you do not keep up with your nutrition and your hydration when you're training legs, I'm just, I'm just saying it's a, it's a miserable experience, but if you can backfill, what happens is that timeline continues and you sleep. And when you wake up, now you're back into athletic performance. So timeline, understanding timeline, when it comes to energy and plateau busting and this sort of a thing is you're always in one of three periods of energy usage, if you will, energy consumption, energy demand before you train, during you train, during when you train or compete or after. Okay. And then what you do after the training session, the time goes on and that time eventually turns into before training. So when I say you have to have awareness of timeline, that's what I'm talking about. There's three time periods when it comes to athletic performance and athletic gains before training, during training, and after pre intra and post. Okay. So that's how this ship runs. You're doing this on top of your normal life. This is where, this is what makes it hard, but this is where the element of discipline. And like, when I say you got to control the hemorrhage, you have to like hold on to this thing really aggressively because it's very easy, especially if people that you work with do not have a health and fitness lifestyle, your family. I'll just be straight with you. Like for the longest time, a lot of my family was like anti-health. So it was like, it was, it was horrible, like to try to like navigate this stuff. And finally, you just have to kind of like flex the FU muscle and like, handle, like do what the situation calls for, you know, have your meals prepped, do what you got to do. Because if you don't properly feed yourself, you don't properly nourish yourself. And this includes hydration. You will suffer in the gym. You will not, not only have a good training session, or again, if you're training outside or wherever this is for you, you also are not, you're going to wreck your gains because you're not going to be, you're not going to be able to have enough nutrition to participate in the remodeling process to make your muscles bigger, to get better cuts, to have stronger levels of athletic performance. You're just going to fall behind the eight ball. And then what happens is that the body, again, it has backup mechanisms to keep you from dying. So if you are undernourishing 
and this has to do like with your recovery, like nutrition is like such a large part, but it has to do with recovery. If you're undernourishing the body, it still doesn't care about your goals. Its job literally is to keep you alive. So are you ready for this? If you do not properly feed your body, you're not covering your body with enough protein, you're not covering it with enough nutrients, your body goes into straight cannibal mode. Like it literally says, skita, F you, and it, what it does is it starts attacking your muscle. Now here's the biggest like what, but I have all this fat on my body. Your body doesn't, that's not how this shit works, people, okay? Your body, when it comes to needing energy, this has to do with energy and this has to do with like, how fast can I get my resources? This is your body talking. When your body is trying to grow, what you're, the whole whole baseline for this is to remain on the positive side of anabolism. The only way to be anabolic is to avoid being catabolic, and that is done really strongly through nutrition, okay? So here's what this looks like. If your body is lacking energy just to like keep you conscious, okay, it's going to look to different places. It's going to look like, do I have any blood sugar left in my bloodstream? No? Okay, well, where is it going to go to now? Well, now it's going to look to stored glucose, which is in your liver. Okay. In the workouts, you're using stored glucose. It's called glycogen in your muscles, but blood sugar, like the stored version of it is actually in your liver. So if that's also depleted, then your body is going to be like, well, now I need something now. Okay. To break fat down, it actually requires energy. And there's this whole other shuttle process that your body has to go through unless you're like doing keto, this is a, that's a different specialty. I'm just talking about like straight operations here. It has to like, is this whole carnitine shuttle thing? Like it it just, it's going to take too much energy in the body already need, like it's already void of energy. It needs a source now. Well, guess what? You got all this skeletal muscle everywhere. Okay. Skeletal muscle meaning like biceps, triceps, quads, your back muscles, your traps, all this stuff. And your body's like, well, Hey, look at this. I'm just going to use this. And it starts breaking that muscle down. I'm telling you, it goes straight up cannibal just like that. So not only is your body auto-digesting itself, so you're not getting any bigger, but you're getting weaker on top of it. Okay, do you see why I say every time you hit a plateau, the very first place that you have to look is nutrition because nutrition applies as much to the recovery period as it does to what you're eating like right before you train. Like it's a timeline. It's a consistently moving forward operational timeline, pre-training, intra-training, post-training. Okay. And if you're not paying attention, you're not rocking this stuff out, again, you are going to plateau. And be advised, like nutrition changes from time to time based on what your activities are, what you're doing in terms of training, and then what you're doing in your life. Like people who are also going to school, many times will need more 
carbs in their diet because your brain is a freaking, it is a greedy, greedy, greedy bastard. It's like one of the most glucose hungry organs in the entire body. And if you do not give the brain what it needs, like talk about brain fog, just be like bumbling in the corner, like Goldie Hawn in the movie Overboard. If you've ever seen that, just like ba 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 ba. That's what it will be like. So this is really this is why I'm so emphatic. Just it's like not about like make sure that you eat healthy. I mean that's fine and it's good and it's really great to keep you healthy and you know keeping the doctor away and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, let's face it. You want to be active in your life and you want to look good. I don't care what anybody says. Like when you look good, you feel even better. And when you're like functional and you have good energy and you're making progress and doing all kinds of stuff, you're able to get up off the floor, like no problem. Like you're in and out of the car, no problem. You're getting stronger. You know, everyone's talking about how they're getting older and you just keep on getting better, like decade after decade after decade. Like, I mean, come on. I mean, that's fun. You know, and it has like generational impact. Like you can literally change the entire trajectory of your family and of your community just by how you handle your health and fitness. So everything, it always starts out with you. Do you know what I'm saying? But all of your goals, like it's got to go from the inside to the outside, from the internal to the external. Yeah, in the beginning, it's about you, but then it's your levels of service and contribution outward. Okay. Because you're not the only one. If you've had value on this podcast and like you learn stuff on this podcast, it's stuff that you didn't know. I guarantee you probably the people in your neighborhood don't know this. Probably your family doesn't know this. I know it's not being taught in the medical community. Okay. I came from that community. I, you know, like 20 years, like I'm telling you, that was one of the reasons why I left. I exited stage left. I was not happy with a few things. I was not happy with the direction of the industry for multiple reasons. It's more just, it's just like being a professional, like drug pusher that no one. So I did ER, no one ever got better. So the same people all the time and they just like one more drug got added to the party and it, I, no, no. Okay. I, there's a time and place for meds that, you know, don't hear me. I'm not saying don't, you know, be on them, but I didn't align with that. The other thing was as a quote unquote healthcare professional, I did not like the fact that health was not being embodied by people who were the quote unquote practitioners of it. And for me, like this has been something that's been evolving and it still continues. Now I consider myself to be a health and fitness professional. You know, before I was a health care, which then, you know, the industry changed and it was a medical care. Nothing ever really talked about health. Okay. So, you know, I just, I didn't like it. I didn't, I just don't. So that's why I'm also like, wow, like education is so important. It changes lives, you know? So again, how this impacts you, I hope that this was really valuable in helping you bust, you know, the all 
frustrating flipping plateau. But again, when you understand the beast of what you're dealing with, like your body is a living, breathing thing. It's got all this really cool shit about it. It can do just like tremendous things and you can take it to a certain place. But when you're hitting that peak and you just can't seem to break through, the first place that you always look is nutrition, okay, for what you're consuming as a, as a generality, okay? So that's everything that you eat and drink, and it's the information that you are also consuming. So it's been really awesome to have you guys here on this podcast. We've been going absolutely, like almost an hour. We've been talking for like 55 minutes already. So thank you so much for hopping on the podcast today. If this has been helpful to you, please share it. You know, please you know, give us some props, make some comments down here, you know, invite people onto the podcast. That's why we're here. If there's anything that we can do, you know, to service, you know, your team, your family, your, your organization, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. You can find us, you know, on the internet, transformation gold fitness is one of the easiest ways to find us. Um, with that being said, thank you again for joining us and make it a great day. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Bye-bye.